Welcome to Conversations. And now, from Los Angeles, here is your host, Mike Dowler. Thank you, Sean, from Los Angeles. I'm Mike Dowler. Welcome to Conversations Radio. You can like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, follow us on Instagram at Conversations Radio. On Twitter, it's really quite clever, actually. It's uh, at Converse Radio. That's like the shoe without the E, at Converse Radio. Get it? And on Facebook, we are simply Conversations the Podcast. If you like what you hear, drop us a line, conversationspod at gmail.com. And I thank you. This is episode number 111. Our guest tonight's going to be voiceover artist Mariel Sheets and our co host, voiceover artist Carlos Alas Rocky. All of our podcasts are on Apple Podcasts. You can go to the iTunes store and search Conversations Radio. And voila, all 110. Soon to be 111 episodes are right there for your listening pleasure. Hey, great show two weeks ago. Bettina Devon joined us from San Francisco. She is an actress. She's a voiceover uh, coach and acting mentor to many. Well sought after. She works with people around the the world on Broadway in the Bay Area in SoCal. My co-host was Emma Berman. Emma plays the voice of Julia Marcovaldo in Disney Pixar's Luca. And really, uh, from the get-go, Bettina's worked with Emma on a number of projects and was really helpful in, and instrumental in Emma getting that role um, because she booked it on an iPhone, on an iPhone uh, the scratch, and then they went into Emeryville and recorded it. And they like, yeah, 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 yeah. And then finally, she, she got the call. She's also on the Emmy award-winning animated series, Go, Go, Corey Carson. She voices the role of Winifred Wings. So nothing she can't do, musical theater, um, voice work. Um, she's done some commercials as well. Uh, a, a great, great uh, family there just living north of San Francisco. So uh, check that out. It's online, episode 110. And uh, she joined us um, a few months back when Luca came out, and uh, the response was incredible. I mean, it was just really, really cool. You guys came out, and it's like, like wow, who is this person? Please get her on, and we did. Yeah. So there you go. So check those out. Tonight's show, let's get through this. Um, I'm pushing through a cold right now. I'm almost there. <clears throat> so don't judge. I didn't want to cancel this. I had to do this, and uh, I'm taking it for the team. Uh, my guest tonight, again, is going to be Mariel Sheets. My co-host is back. He is a uh, an award-winning voiceover uh, actor, uh, a regular on Reno 911, Deputy James Garcia, the Casa Grandes, Loud House, uh, Mr. Peabody, and The Sherman Show, Rocco's Modern Life, Mr. Weed, and... Lizard, lizard. Yo quiero Taco Bell. Which did very well for Taco Bell, and it did very well for Carlos as well. Fantastic stuff here. His daughter, Riley, was on not too long ago as well, and she's voicing the character of Rock Talk for the new Paramount Plus Star Trek animated series, Prodigy. She's really good. And daughter, Austin, as well as killing it out there she's got commercials playing now and stuff i want to bring him in because i mean great friend from los angeles southern california i want to say welcome back to carlos alice rocky carlos hi mike welcome back Good evening. and i mentioned and i mentioned rocco rocco i guess was your favorite voice right 
yeah, I'll, I'll always revere it. It's my first bike. It's the first girlfriend. It's the first voiceover I ever got. And I was living in San Francisco. And it was a little project, and I auditioned. I didn't have an agent, and I got it. And so he'll always be near and dear to me. And when I go to conventions, when it's healthy to go back again, people uh, really revere that character. And it's a, it's a very special character for me. He's very warm and lovable. Well, you know, I mean, you've been doing this a long time. Not only voiceover and acting, but also, of course, some stand-up comedy. Uh, amazing. But I'm pretty sure you could probably voice the phone book. I mean, you've, yeah. you, you've done everything here. Obviously, the, the Taco Bell thing, Gidget, was a huge, huge thing and a great backstory on that. But when did, you, when did you say to yourself, you know what? I think I finally made it. Or do you never say that? Oh, gosh. When you think you're in. Yeah. Just when, just when you think you're in, you pull you back out. It's a, the reverse of Al Pacino and Godfather 3. They pulled <laughs> me back out again. I thought I was in. Um, you know, the origin story of my voiceover is my mom being and my dad being from Argentina, South America, and hearing that dialect. And then my best friend, Kevin, his parents were from Glasgow, Scotland. And there was Uncle Donnie and Uncle Liz and all these characters. So I soaked it up young. But I'm doing my stand-up comedy. I get the Rocco gig. I moved to L.A. And then pretty soon Cat Dog came along and other things came along. I think right around Taco Bell in 97, I think I'm solid in the voiceover world. But then, but then these campaigns end and cartoons end and, and you're continually auditioning it. So I don't think you ever think you, you've, you've made it and you're solidified and you don't have to work hard or keep uh, creating new voices or keep auditioning like crazy. I, I don't think you're ever settled and say, yeah, I made it. I can rest now. There will be projects that come along because of people you have worked with before. Sure. Uh, Dan Poopemeyer, Swampy Marsh, uh, you know, Hillenberg and SpongeBob, all born out of Rocco. So that was uh, that that one job supplied a lot of future work. And, uh, you know, but you, I don't think you're ever settled or, or satisfied that you have, quote unquote, made it. You know, you just keep keep pressing and pushing. And that's the that's the challenge and, and the fun of it. And you truly love what you do. That's what's really it. cool. I mean, it's amazing. Um, he's all he's, he's in his booth tonight, all set up. Um, our guest in, in her booth as well. The booths. You mentioned Argentina. I worked with a guy named Sergio. He's from Argentina, uh -huh. and um, the accent. It's like, hola, this is Sergio. Hola, hola, cómo te va? <laughs> it's like it's a whole, you know. Cómo te va? It's the dialects are different, obviously, in Spanish. You know, the yep. regular Spanish, but um, uh, empanadas, yes. Empanadas ah. de pollo, chicken the, empanadas. They call, they say pollo. Empanadas de pollo. The place on Sepulveda is really good. That's I think it's called Buenos Aires. El Café Buenos Aires, Buen, yeah. Buenos Aires Café, yeah. And all the and there's a place there. called Mercado Buenos Aires. That's the one. Uh, Van Nuys on yeah. Sepulveda and Satacoy, and that's a quintessential little, what they call parillada, parillada, where you can get all kinds of meats and empanadas, and there's a store and there's a restaurant, and you can get Bife de Lomo. It's uh, that that's oh, it's, a, that's a place wonderful. where if you want to sink a little bit into Argentina culture, besides Malbec here in in uh, Toluca Lake, uh, yes, I recommend sure. Mercado Buenos Aires. I could I could I could eat four or five empanadas easily. They're just they're so oh, yeah. good. I mean, it's amazing. And you got to have the sauce too. So you got to have the sauce again. Breakfast of Champions. If you're a voiceover artist and lean towards Argentinian lineage, you eat the food. You got to eat the food. You got to be real. I have a. Argentinian friend actor named Nacho Sericchio, who's doing quite well right now. He's been in movies. He's uh, Dan Wells in Lost in Space, if you oh. watch that series. And uh, Nacho, uh, we went on our first motorcycle ride. He pulled out a gourd and a mate straw, and we sipped mate. Wow. And 
he's really into the culture far more than I am. He's totally bilingual, and I, I, uh, I'm working on my Spanish every day on Duolingo, but yeah. it's nice to run into a fellow quote-unquote Argentine. And, and I, we should say that growing up in a multilingual family actually helps in acting and hearing voices and vowel sounds, and it's really shaped, helped shape my voiceover career for sure. And your mom's, your mom's Spanish is solid, too, when she calls you. Yep. Yeah. Carlitos, so, no me digas. Yeah. <laughs> she calls, Carlitos. She calls you out. Keeps you honest. She calls hey, I'm glad you joined us tonight. Thank you so much for coming back. appreciate that. I'm going to dive you in here. It. This young lady, all of 16 years old, her name is Muriel Sheets. She is originally from Spokane, Washington. Love Washington. And now making her way in Southern California. She has been voicing stuff since she was five years old, which is amazing. Wow. Even four, and maybe even earlier than that. The kids right now are killing it because even during the pandemic, everyone has stayed has stayed pretty busy. If you have a booth at home or even a closet, uh, you're set. It's mm-hmm. um, I mean, you know that. I mean, you, you're working with Riley. Riley's voicing. You're doing your game. Yep. But uh, she has been voicing stuff. It's it's really quite remarkable. She's been on TV, Henry Danger, uh, Sophia the First. Well, she's well known for this. Ooh, what's that? A microphone? Why does her hair look so funny? Oh, what's that little blinking red light? Does that mean it's recording? Am I going to be on TV? Am I on TV right now? Hello? Snow day? Snow day! No school today! Dreams do come true. Ah, my sweet baboo. Isn't he the cutest thing? I mean, Peanuts is just, it's timeless. Yep. You know, I mean, and yeah. I mean, you and I, I mean, you're we're close in age, not pretty close, not too, not too close, but we're close enough. Yep. So you know, there's those every every so often you'd turn on CBS and there was a Peanuts, you know, yeah, the, with Vince Guaraldi, yeah, musical store, right? And I think what Mariel has done is she has captured that warmth, that original warmth of the original Charles Schultz cast. It's it's duplicated, yet she's made it her own and. That 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 story is safety. It's warmth. It's family. Uh, that that tone of voice. It's very real and neighborly, and it makes us feel safe. And wow, she crushes it. She yeah. just crushes. She's it. really good. The whole cast is fantastic in the movie. Oh, it, it was it's a great well. movie. But this, we've but seen the, it again here, like a couple of weeks ago. We we played it again. You look at the old TV shows like The Great Pumpkin, the Christmas one, mm-hmm. and you realize number one, this was done. There was no Pro Tools. There was no digital. There was no Source Connect. This was on tape. Animation was different. No computer animation back then. These were a lot of work. Put these together. Yeah. Not to mention that Charles Schultz drew his, his cartoon. He's from uh, Santa Rosa, California, and actually signed my buddy Steve Bruner's uh, little card in a, in, a, in a grade school. And he rarely signed anything. And my friend Steve Bruner, when he was a kid, goes, "Will you sign this?" And he cornered him and approached him. And he like he had to, and so he's yeah. got one of the rare Charles Schultz signatures. And again, again, he, he really loved doing it. I mean, that's that was his baby. Yeah. And what's really f- fun about that? And Mario, I know you're there. Don't worry, we're gonna get to you. Hang on just a sec. The Peanuts characters never age; they're always eternally kids. Yeah. Wouldn't it be Wouldn't it be funny if they did like a Peanuts with them in their like their thirties? Wouldn't that be just? Yeah. And again, the difficulty of what Mariel was doing there at that age is replicating the sound that we all knew from the 60s, making us believe that it was the original Sally, yet making it her own for a new. And that's that's walking a high wire. That's really difficult for adults, let alone somebody 
her age at the time, it's extremely difficult to do. So that should not be uh, understated. Well, you did Mike Wazowski, right? Yeah. So do Mike Wazowski sound alike. And so when you have to sort of honor an original character or original style, it's a lot of work. That's some pressure. Like I say, adults, it's very difficult. But for someone that's still uh, a child, it's amazing, beyond amazing. Let's bring her in. Again, Mariel Sheets, a fantastic voiceover artist. She's an actress. She loves music, plays piano and guitar. She dances. But really, her voiceover stuff is, um, is phenomenal. She came here in 2012 and never looked back. Signed with CESD, and she's booked consistently animation, voiceover, as well as TV commercials, print campaigns. Really quite remarkable. I want to say hello to, from Los Angeles, Mariel Sheets. Mariel, hi. Hello, Conversations Radio. Woo-hoo. Welcome. Hello. Glad to have you here. It's so amazing to be here. You are, you're 16 years old. Yes, I turned 16 in July. Yay, cancer. All right. And you came to L.A. when you were, I want to say, 10? I was seven when we moved here. I've lived here more than half my life. It was kind of a big landmark when I got to be 14 because half my life. Right. And again, L.A., Spokane, very different. Very different. How, How was that change for you? I suppose back in Spokane... It was kind of a smaller community. There weren't, there wasn't a lot of diversity in the people I met. And then coming to LA, just so much happened all at once. All the different kinds of people that you meet here. And I guess it was a good thing it happened when I was so young. Because now I don't, I didn't think anything of it then. And I still don't really think that much about the fact that I'm surrounded by different languages and different cultures. And I just really love it. What what came first for you? Because obviously you've kind of done everything. Uh, was it singing? Was it commercials? Was it voiceover? What was your, your start? When I was really little, I always really liked performing regardless of what it was. I would make up little dances and go around singing around the house. But I always really liked learning things. And then I would recite them for people. And it didn't really matter what the performing was. But for me, professionally, my career started when I was four with some voiceover. I did a little audio book. What was the book? Um, the book was called Bitsy the Barking Dog. Uh, it was for my parents' company. And <laughs> I look back and I listen to that for reference now. And I still sound like me, but it's somehow the quality of it is different. And it's fun to capture that again. How is that yeah. emotion That emotion for you? And I'm going to ask, ask uh, Carlos as well. But like, uh-huh. for example, Sally in the Peanuts movie, um, Mariel... To see yourself on the screen and realize that's your voice, what is that feeling for you? Are you able to watch it and not cringe? <laughs> it's mostly surreal, yeah. uh, especially with Sally, because I guess I so thoroughly got into it when I was recording that I felt like Sally. And then when I was watching her, it didn't actually connect for quite a while that it was me because it just felt real. And it didn't connect to what I was doing in the studio because I didn't think of it like that. And, and for, uh, Carlos, for, for you as well, you've done so much as well. You're, mm-hmm. You know, you're doing Reno 911, so that's obviously that's, that's a physical person, not a, a character. But for you, yeah. I mean, quite typically, it's very easy to say that you could be home watching TV and look, I'm on TV. <laughs> it's something. Yeah, and and I, I uh, agree with Mariel. It's a surreal experience when we're used to being in the booth and doing our and then <clears throat> doing our work and then seeing it rendered and being animated. 
when it becomes most surreal for me is when I do a panel and the panel is videotaped and it's me talking like Rocco. Hi, oh, Mr. Crocker, Timmy Turner. And then I see it coming out of my face and it's like, wow, I'm so associated with a fully rendered version of that character that to see that voice come out of my mouth is kind of weird uh, because that's not my normal uh, interaction with that character. So I, I see where Mariel is going with that to, to see, especially on a movie that's on the big screen. And she's going, wait, that's Sally, but that's me. And we recorded that a long time ago. So yeah, that still was me and it is me, but it isn't me. It's just all these feelings all at once, you know? Mariel, when you, when you recorded the role of Sally, did you guys go into a studio or did you do it from home? It was in the studio at Fox Studios. And it was a really big soundstage, which they use for bigger groups of recording and all kinds of things. So there was a lot of room for me to run around. And a lot of like the efforts that you hear me doing when I'm running around and being silly as Sally, I was really running around the studio. Yeah, it sounds like they got you on an ADR stage. Mm, yeah, it's, I've actually worked on ADR there at the same yeah. studio. So I think that's somehow more surreal than seeing Sally is like, wait, this is this place. Yeah, you're on a on a very famous lot, the Fox lot, in a very famous studio where legends have been. It's an amazing, like you look at the percentage of people in the world that have graced that room, and you're in very thin air, very fine company there. I read somewhere <laughs> that you recorded in um, the Family Guy studio. Uh, that's kind of an interesting thing. We were, were working, actually, whenever we would record, we were working in the Marilyn Monroe recording studio. But for uh, the behind yeah. the scenes, we went into the Family Guy studio and faked it. Ah, <laughs> So wow. that's why you see that one. So nice. I was, they were filming me uh, going along with the lines, but all the stuff that was in there that day, we did record some things, but almost all of it we had recorded separately. And what you're hearing is different. <laughs> Was it uh, ensemble, or were you always mo modulated by yourself? For Peanuts, I was always by myself, but Steve Martino was usually in the room with me, Steve Martino being the director. And yeah. even if he wasn't physically there, which he was most of the time, when he was overseas promoting the movie, he would be in headphones for me. I remember talking to him from Germany, and mm -hmm. so he was always there, and the people in the recording in the, the back room, I don't know why I can't remember what it's called right now, but... The control room. That's okay. it. Yeah, you stepped in some into some mighty big shoes and 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 you nailed it. That was a big project. Thank you. That's a big project. Some real heavyweights worked on that as well. So certainly, when you're in a situation like that, you always want to tap into folks, get you know advice and information. And I know that you as well, Mr. Alice Rocky, did that when you started. Yeah. You know, you you learn as you go. You know, I work with some of the best: Billy West, Rob Paulson, Tara Strong, Great Lyle. John DiMaggio, count them all, you know, and so Jim Cummings from from a very early uh, beginning. Charlie Adler was the first person that Tom Kenny and I saw on day one of Rocco going nuts with the pages doing Bev Big Head and Mr. Bev. Oh, Rocco, dear. Hey, don't you want to talk to me that way, Beverly? Oh, shut up, Ed. You're such a crony. And we're just like, who is this guy and why am I not that good? You know, <laughs> and then you just learn. You got to keep up. You you know the there's so many good actors that you that pull you up, pull you up, and you watch what they do. Jeff Bennett. And I, I could I could spend hours naming all the people that I've learned from while being at work. You know, borrowing techniques and watching what they do. Tara Strong, we all know her, right? Muriel, you've got a story with Tara Strong. 
Oh, yeah, I got to work with her on Kid Danger and Captain Man. I was so starstruck because she's my voiceover hero. But she's really down to earth and extremely nice. And we got to work together and it was just like two adult co-workers, even though I'm as young, I was as young as I was working on that. I think I was like 13. And mm-hmm. it was just the two of us doing all the background voices for this a couple episodes of Kid Danger and Captain Man. And we kept sprinkling the same characters in and being kind of connecting the stories and making it up as we went along. So she's absolutely fantastic to work with. That's great. Who do you train with? As far as training, mostly I listen to what I hear on TV and kind of process that. But I also work with my dad. He's my voiceover coach. And also with the people that I meet when I go into work. Uh, Mm -hmm. Even in ADR, there's such a great spread of people who have done so many different things. And we get to, like Carlos was saying, we get to trade techniques and talk about how we get into character and so i'm always learning i'm always amazed that people create voices and and keep the voices straight because um, for, for you carlos you do a lot of voices so there's a yeah. lot going on there you don't want to replicate obviously um yeah but, i mean i'm sure mario this technique where you got some buzz phrases that'll get you to where you need to be for for rocco so when, when we were finding the character the first season it was always hey, hey oh my you know that okay, that'll get me back there. With Mike Wazowski, it was a line from the movie Forget About Paris, which is how I learned to do Billy Crystal, which was You're married, you're married. That would always get me <laughs> right there with the Mike Wazowski when I felt I was straying. And so I'm sure Muriel has techniques or certain phrases that if she's feeling a little bit off character, is just like, wait a minute, let me just repeat this phrase. Okay, I got it. Do you have a phrase, Muriel, that for, for some characters or a trick that helps you get there, set set you in place? As far as like buzz phrases for Darcy Helmendaler on the Loud House, I always use the phrase "Hi friends" to get into her, and that always gets me there. But sometimes mm-hmm. it's also just like thinking of the character in my head, and mm-hmm. just starting to think in their voice. It's it's kind of like learning another language. You got to think in it. Yeah, and that helps gets me into them. What and, would they say? What would they? Yeah. And you created that character, right, Mary? Darcy? Yeah. yeah. Um, she started out as a kindergartner, so. I had to make her very cute, and there's a lot of strategic voice cracking in her voice. So it sounds like her voice is kind of all over the place like a little kid, but it was the kind of thing where I had to remember, okay, voice crack here every time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, hi! Always the, hi, Nick friends, always there. And for Darcy also, when I went into the studio, it also became easier because I was working with the creators and how they saw her. And so they were able to give me a few pointers on, like, her emotion. But overall, yeah, um, Darcy's my, my, my brainchild, I guess you could say. My little sister. And she's, <laughs> she's, awesome. she's very outgoing as well. Yeah, she's, um, she's such a friendly person, and she's very compassionate, which is how she befriends Lisa, because <laughs> Lisa's kind of wacky. But yeah. Darcy is always just open and willing to befriend anyone. Carlos, she's got a pretty good uh, wheelhouse here. Uh, she voices babies, boys, girls, yeah. toddlers, teens, animals, creatures, and sound effects. That's important. That's yeah. a, that's a, that's a plus. That's a good uh, skill to have. <laughs> also, the the accents. You're bilingual. Uh, yeah, I speak Spanish. I wouldn't say I'm fluent, but I'm definitely at a conversational level. That's wonderful. Well, you, you can. And help. where did you learn that? 
it started out in school, but I also talk with a family friend who's who works some of the time in Mexico, and so she's really my go-to source for, like, how do I pronounce this? What's yeah. the word for this? And we practice uh, twice a week, so that's really helped me. Wow. That is good. Yeah. Yeah. As much as you can get yourself in immersion. I just do Duolingo 15 minutes every day and I'm like you know, day 682. I just keep doing it. And I, and I, my, now my mom lives in Los Angeles and she, uh, she requests that I try to speak as much Spanish as I can. And yeah, it is practice because it is different vowel sounds and your mouth muscles move differently. Uh, I'm always impressed with somebody like Christian Lands, who does along with Eric Bauza, Christian Lands has also done Antonio Banderas. Uh, from Puss and Boots, but Christian is fully bilingual, but he's like as American as the day is long. But because he grew up in Mexico or with parents speaking that language, he's so dexterous that he can speak Spanish rapidly, which is harder for me because literally your mouth muscles do not move that quickly to adjust. And so that's a good reason to practice. And again, yeah, I feel that. <laughs> so you're, again, you got you got the accent going on and then you're adding the, a different language. So are you able to get yeah. that together? I mean, that's 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 a lot. <laughs> There's a lot going yeah. on there. And you again, that's your li- your line in Inside Out was um, a kind of a Latin accent too. It was Brazilian, and we didn't get it right the first time. I I thought because my parents are from Argentina, I said, "Come fly with me, Gatina," and uh, they they ran it past the Brazilian uh, creatives that worked in Emeryville, and they said, "No, it's Gachinha." So they flew me to Emeryville just to do that one line. <laughs> And I got the tour of the place. I'm like, yay, thank goodness for mistakes. All right. <laughs> but it, it, it ends up, it's Portuguese, so it's not Gatina. It's Gachinha. Gachinha. I like that. Gachinha. Let me go ahead and stop down, guys, just one second. This is Conversations Radio. This is episode number 111. Our guest tonight is the wonderful, the spectacular, talented, really amazing Muriel Sheets and my co-host, returning co-host, voiceover actor, comedian, mm-hmm. Carlos Alizraki. You're building your resume here, Muriel, which is great. What's your favorite so far you've done? I really adore doing 17 for Camp We Don't Want You because we always describe her as two steps above Farrell. She is completely uninhibited, so that gives me a lot of freedom to work with her voice. Uh, it was only one short, which makes me sad because just working on it was so much fun. That was your Nickelodeon, right? I was running around outside the room still talking in 17's voice Aww. no matter what because she's just growly and then she goes up really high and it's it's a vocal workout but she's amazing <laughs> that was for nickelodeon right yeah that was for nickelodeon it started out as a webtoon by katie rice but uh they proposed it to nickelodeon as a series uh even though it didn't get get green lit it got made into this amazing short and it's it's really sweet and uh even though it's just the two actors it's me and the boy playing malachi who the life of me. I can't remember his name. Sorry. <laughs> what does uh, your character sound like? Oh, 17. Okay. This is the line I used to get into her. If I make this, I'm the new Pine Kick champion. Get ready, Brian. It's coming right at you. I love it. Nice. Yeah, it's good. She's got moxie. She's yeah, got she does. moxie. Totally. And everything she does is unique. And then, of course, uh, Rogue for um, Whiskerhaven. Have you worked on Whiskerhaven? Oh, Did you work at Whiskerhaven, Carlos? I did not work on the series. I worked on the game. Um, the game? She's French, oh, wow. So her name is Rouge. <laughs> Rouge? I say Rogue? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> oh, man. she's Rouge is such a princess. She's Belle's cat, and <laughs> she's always speaking in a little bit of French. <laughs> that morsel, 
that morsel looks magnifique. And <laughs> she's very sweet and also kind of a problem solver, so she'll always be looking for another way to solve a problem. Go ahead, Carlos. What I can tell just listening to Mariel is that she really knows each character very well. Yeah, and they that, live in my head. <laughs> yeah, and that's wonderful. And it and it really is a trick that we sort of unlearn when we try to grow up. And that Charlie Adler, who will teach a class, or even Bob Bergen or David Derryberry, will remind us that acting is just pretending. Yeah. And so you really believe you're that character, and you can just hear it when Mariel is doing each character. She knows those characters so well, they're her best friends. And so she can access them so quickly, and they're distinct. Just, just with one line, it's really impressive. Let's talk games for a second. Uh, you've voiced um, for video games. How was that? Ooh, well, it's not that different in the recording session, just there's more situations and it's not quite as structured. Like for Whiskerhaven as Rouge, we would have lines for various situations and stuff I would do if the person wasn't playing the game for a little while, these little sighs that she would give. But I've also done motion capture, so there's a lot of variety in video games which you don't get in most types of animation. So that's why you wear the suit, right? Oh, yeah, and there's, like, bulbs all over you, and they they paint your face up with all the dots, and there's, like, this camera that comes around the front of your face. It's, it's I don't even know, it's like one of those microphones on the headsets, but it goes out further, and it's this little camera that looks at your face and reads the dots to animate you. So, God. we have to work around that. That's um, amazing. The game I worked on was ReCore. And I was working with another boy, and there's this one scene where I have to get close to him and whisper in his ear, and I was, like, maneuvering the camera around his head and trying not to get stuck. Because yeah. he had the same thing. You know what's cool is as the technology evolves, uh, the opportunities are endless. With um, like motion capture Charles video. Bucket. Yeah. His braces. <laughs> yeah. You've done games, um, Carlos? I've done a, f a few games. The, I'm most famously known for the very original voice of Spyro, Spyro the Dragon. Oh, yeah. Well, look out for Nasty Nork. Um, <laughs> but I haven't done a ton. And I got to tell you, I totally fanboyed out when I was talking to D. Bradley Baker and Fred Tattashore, legends, who are my friends, no big deal. I don't play many video games. I play Left 4 Dead and Left 4 Dead 2. And then I said, oh, I just play Left 4 Dead 2. And Fred said, I'm Boomer. And D said, I'm the Spitter and the, and the Joker. And I'm like, no way, oh my God. <laughs> I totally fanboyed out. But for me, I, I don't remember the video games I've done, but I've done Rocco video games and, and offshoots of series. But the most famous one that I do remember is Spyro. What's up, nasty Nork? <laughs> the VO for games is a, is a very serious thing. I know there was a time that VO artists weren't getting their share. And I, yeah. I, I hope that's changed. It's relative to the project, right? Sometimes you're not going to get the contract that you uh, would ultimately desire, but... Uh, here's what I've told uh, most folks. If if you're not getting the deal that you would like via video games, or you, you can make that up at the conventions. Because if you get into a video game where, let's say you didn't get the rate you wanted, but the, it, it takes off and your character is super popular, you can go to those conventions and meet your fans and, and get money on the back end. And, and it really pays off either way. Uh, Meryl, you got your SAG card? Uh, yes, I do. Right, and... Uh, we've been using it around for various things as well, like to get into the screenings. I don't know if you've done those, Carlos, but like the screenings where they have, where the SAGs get to see the movie before anyone else. I, my friend used it 
many years ago to see the screening Get Out, oh. which was obviously Jordan Peele's movie. But he, I, I have friends that are very wise, like you, with their SAG card. Like, you don't know how many events this will get you into. And I'm like, uh, I don't know. I, I live in Burbank. What? <laughs> so that's amazing. You actually use the power of the card. It's a right yeah, of passage. Yeah, there's a lot of places it can get you into. It's kind of that's surprising sometimes. I've got to take advantage of this. Remember, remember when you yeah, got definitely. your card? When you got your card, Carlos? Um, I got it for. Did I get it before Rocco? I might have got it for something different. It might have. I. But most solidified with Rocco's Modern Life, and it was 1993 or four. Remember, remember getting yours, uh, Muriel? Vaguely, I think my first one was when I was too young to really notice or care that much. I was still in elementary school when I joined SAG, so. I feel like the first time I really paid a huge amount of attention to it was recently when we were getting new ones and signing them. And then I was realizing, hey, this is a thing. And people are always posting pictures of themselves with it, which I have not done. I probably should. <laughs> That's mm-hmm. a really cool thing. And I guess SAG is uh, Screen Actors Guild, and it's your union. So it's a serious thing. It's It's obviously... Yeah. prestigious to have that but with that membership comes privileges and protections and um certainly it's 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 a good thing i would, yeah. i keep thinking ed asner because he was president for quite a while yeah yeah big that's loss. right so what's what's up next for you uh mariel um, you obviously you're, you're auditioning auditioning all the time both voiceover and on camera of course everything's at home right now so we have to mm-hmm. turn our living room into a a video studio. <laughs> but as far as um, non-work stuff, well, it's not non-work, but non-auditioning stuff, uh, I've been working on a music video, which is uh, a cover of a K-pop song where I sing and dance and I get to rap a little. Awesome. I started out learning the dance because I thought it looked cool and I really like moving to the beat. But as I was realizing that the lyrics, because they're in Korean, I was translating them and realizing... If I'm going to do this, it needs to be a message I can get behind. So it transformed into a song about how things are in the world right now and with all the different issues of climate change and how divided things are. But it's, it's got a hopeful note, too. Mm-hmm. Like, there's, there's still time we can come together. And I, it's going to be out pretty soon. So check that out if you're interested, audience. And let me, let so me, I'm really excited about that. Let me circle back because you are... A self-described balanced girl. Balanced girl, yes. I'm not a girly girl, and I'm not a tomboy. I'm in the middle. I have aspects of both, so I'm a balanced girl. I like the girly stuff. I like to... When I was younger, I used to really like princesses and mermaids, but on the other hand, I was also a huge Marvel fan, and I would mix the two together, and it's always just been my goal to stay balanced and experience as much as I can. Yes, great. Wow. Carlos, princesses? No. No, daughter. They went through that phase for sure. Again, you've done just amazing, amazing stuff here. It's, it's I mean, you've you've lent your voice, your talents to Kubo and Two Strings, Boss Baby, Lego, wow. uh, Batman, uh, Kung Fu Panda 3. These are all huge franchises. And um, you've done some commercials for BJ's. How was the pizza? Oh, man. <laughs> Everywhere I went for a while after that was on TV, 
everybody in VJ's restaurants recognized me, and I kept getting those free Pazuki desserts. I've got the, <laughs> so I've got the glasses. I, I did huh? take advantage of that. Uh, yeah. I ate a lot of Pazuki's. Yes. The pizza, the pizza oh. is so thick and so delicious. It's kind of like if pizza was two pizzas stacked on top of each other, but airy. It's wonderful. Ooh. Again, balance girl is a good explanation. You really kind of found a balance between school and family life. Obviously, auditioning for projects. A lot, of, a lot of no's, a lot of yeses. It just depends, right? Yeah, and in the industry, Carlos knows this for sure, there's mm-hmm. a lot of rejection. And yep. it's just, it's a rough business. And since I've been doing it since I was seven, when I was first getting into it, everybody was saying, are you sure she can handle this? Because so many kids drop out because they just aren't good yeah. with handling the constant rejection. So that's why when people talk to me about, I want to be an actor, kids in my school or whatever, I always tell them, it's horrible, don't do it, because <laughs> they need to get started yeah. if they want to be actors. Well, yeah. again, you're on people's radar because you've done a lot of voiceover stuff, so obviously, that's kind of, I think that's kind of the secret to this, is once you do a couple of, di- couple of gigs, um, you're kind of in, you know, and, uh, and, you'll, and you'll be booking. There's, there's no question there. Um, and auditions are the job until you get the job. That's what I was told. Yep. Yeah, yeah, you have to go into the audition like it is the job and have no regrets. Um, what's your preparation for voiceover? Um, um, uh, Carlos, for you, what do you do? A throat coat? What do you do usually? You know, there, there are times where I should do throat, throat coat. Uh, right now I'm doing a voice for uh, Victor and Valentino. It's actually uh, replicating a voice for the uh, writer who decided to cede the role because he wanted it to go to a Latino-based actor. But his name is Miguelito. What's up, Vic? <laughs> And he's very right there, you know. So for that role, I try to at least get up on time. So I have like an hour for my throat to warm up. But if it's a big Miguelito script, uh, my throat's ripped up. For Crocker, I was, I was done Crocker for so many years. TV Turner, fairies! Uh, there's ways you, I can do the fairies! Or I can do the fairies! And the second way, fairies, protects my throat. <laughs> um, but I don't do proper training like vocal warm-ups or anything like that. I, I mistakenly just go into things and pay for it later. Uh, so I don't recommend my technique of not warming up. Sometimes I'll do the and that stuff. And I'm, oh, but I'm sure there are proper techniques that people should follow. Maybe Mariel does those. Uh, yeah, um, I do a few vocal warm-ups like the these and those and these and those to get my mouth loosened up. But I'm like you. I, I go in and I pay the price later. Mm-hmm. <laughs> It's just, I feel like if you warm up too much, by the time I actually get to doing it, my voice will be shot from going around warming it up all day. So I just go straight into it. Yeah. And you sing as well. So you, you, there's that. We talked last night for a bit, uh, Carlos, and um, she uh, discovered the importance of counting when you're dancing. It's important wow. to count. Yeah, I have no sense of natural rhythm. So in my family... There's two types of people. There's the ones with natural rhythm, and then there's the ones like me and my brother who have no sense of it, and we have to count. Otherwise, we're just all over the place. Yeah. And I didn't know that when I started dancing. (laughs) So I thought, I remember performing at my talent show, doing a dance, which is J-pop style. That's Japanese pop music. And I remember doing it, and I was ahead of the music, and I was like, yeah, I'm actually ahead of it for once. This is good. No. <laughs> and rhythm no. and rhythm and voiceover, especially animation, probably very important. Yeah. 
you know. Yeah, we always talk about the the fourth beat um, or the fourth imaginary beat, especially in ADR where Mm -hmm. they have the three beats and then you start talking on the imaginary fourth beat. Mm -hmm. And each show has its own timing or subtlety or some can be more realistic, some can be very broad. I mean, Fairly Odd Parents was a mile a minute, and Bud Chartman was at the helm, and you're working with Tara and Darren Norris and Suzanne Blakely and Gray Delisle, and boy, you better keep up. But then Rocco <laughs> was very slowed down, and Joe Murray would take his time, and and then you would just get into that rhythm. And and then directors like Lisa Schaefer, who Mariel's worked with on The Loud House, Lisa has her style and how she wants it done, and you learn to just adapt to every style, every director, and... Uh, and you become, it's like facing bit different pitchers in baseball. You're like, oh, I faced that pitcher before. I think I know what I'm doing. Yeah, it, knowing the rhythm is really important if you're in the room with the people. Mm-hmm. Especially, I did a SAG after a radio play because I am very inspired by old time radio. Ah. And they used to have these plays where they would do it like they did in old time radio. We would dress up and then we would be at the mics and we would be acting it. And I did Baby Snooks. I played her friend Isabel, and I was the only kid in the cast. But there was just such a rhythm and cadence to not only the script, but the way everybody worked together. So it, there definitely is a rhythm to it. Yeah. Uh, while at KHTS, I produced and hosted Hometown Radio Theater. And we play, recently night we played two hours of old radio shows. The first hour were uh, Jack Benny and then a, a, a comedy like uh, you know, um, Abbott and Costello or, or Julie, Julie yeah. Lenova. And then the, the, the second hour was usually a, like Dick Tracy or, or, you know, wow. like that. and it was, people loved it. It was, it was fun. I had, I've got somewhere, I've got like thousands of shows on, uh, on DVD and yeah, fun stuff, fun stuff for sure. It all looks good on your so resume. So many classics. Oh yeah. Um, your favorite cartoon to watch on TV, Mario? Ooh, it's always changing. Right now, I really like Kid Cosmic, which is on Netflix. And I like it because it's just Good. so unique and you never know what's going to happen. <laughs> the Kraken, yeah, that's beautiful. My daughter loves it. She's seven. Uh, Austin loves that show. Ah, Kindred Spirit. <laughs> yeah. Mine is uh, a show I actually worked on uh, on episode four now. It's called Trece, and it's a Filipino graphic novel. Oh, wow. It's also on Netflix. It's not for the kiddies. Uh, oh, I made that yeah. mistake watching the first episode with Austin. I'm like, that's yeah. daddy. Yeah. That's daddy swearing. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, let's not watch this anymore. And there's somebody got chewed up by a creature. Okay. Bad move. But beautiful cart- uh, 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 animation, beautiful uh, storytelling. Uh, I definitely recommend watching Trece. I'm really enjoying uh, Big City Greens. I think it's yes. Really good. It really grows that's on you. I was, I was a little slow to catch on, but I like it. And Bob's Burgers is good too. There's so much, you know, um, yep. so, so much great talent out there. The Tom Kinney's, the Cario Walgrens. Um, yep. You know, it's uh, just just great stuff. So what's next for you? Obviously, Muriel, you, you've got school. Uh, you've got aspirations. Uh, do they include uh, voiceover and acting as part of your trajectory? For me, I want to keep acting for as long as I can. But right now, because I'm tiny... Uh, and because I'm only 16, a lot of the roles are going to adults, both in voiceover and on screen, adults who can play younger. So I feel like when I get to be 18 or older, that's probably when things will pick up. But at the same time, I'm also looking into journalism as a career because I have ah. a very strong drive for the truth. And I really want to be a broadcast science correspondent. Whoa. 
Wow. Like that. Yeah, that's pretty heavy. That's like major goals. Borderline brain surgery. A little ambitious, maybe, yeah. but I love it. The uh, and again, your voice, yeah. your voice is hanging in there from, from where you, you were in 2015 to where you are now. The voice is pretty much still the same. You know, for for boys, obviously, there's that certain age they reach, and the voice just go out go down here, and you know, and they <laughs> they get kind of turned out on stuff. But I think I think for girls, like, it's a little different. And again, you are um, your voice in a lot of stuff, but all of your characters are different. Each one's unique, which is cool. I would say as I've gotten older, my range has only gotten bigger because yeah. even though my voice isn't necessarily as high as it used to be, I can still access those tones for Darcy and also for Seventeen and for Sally. But then there's also the the deeper voices for when I'm voicing older teens. And I guess just listening to more people as I've gone along has really helped, including, as we were saying, old-time radio, just listening yeah. to the older voices. I'm always reciting those shows and... Mm -hmm. Making my mom laugh. Jack Benny, for one. I know that that's pretty popular, or still. J-E-L-L-O, yeah. <laughs> the Lucky Strike Show, starring Jack Benny, yeah. yeah. L-S-M-F-T, L-S-M-F-T. Yeah. She's got it. She knows this. This is great. That's wonderful. Yeah, it's 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 great. Um, Have you voiced any radio spots at all? Yeah, I've done quite a lot of radio spots. There's one that I remember specifically. It was called Raising a Mommy. And I act like the kid who's being the mom to her mom because her mom's stressed out. And I'm pretty sure it was for KFC. So I was talking about, and maybe I'll get her KFC afterwards. <laughs> and and if she's good, I'll do this. <laughs> Carlos, you voice yeah, yeah, well, uh, obviously to talk about Chihuahua. And then I had a very long commercial campaign that was regional for direct auto insurance, which was on camera and radio spots. And he sounded like this. Uh, Hey, it's JJ Hightail, everybody. Direct Auto Show. You can get a low rate and fixed premiums and blah, blah, blah. And I did tons of those. That sounds familiar. I'm sure, pretty sure I've heard it. Like I said, your whole family, Carlos, they're all they're all working now, which is great. You know, it's basically, yeah. I, I, don't, I don't know who makes the lunches now because you guys are all at the yeah, door. Uh, they, they're, 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 uh, they're doing well and they're, and they're having fun at school and playing softball. And my youngest gotten, uh, uh, loves her new wetsuit. So she's playing around on the boogie board. And yeah. Yeah. The, the, we're, we're, we're living the dream here in Burbank. Do you regret not starting sooner? Um, no, because that was my life. I was always a quote-unquote jock in the in the 60s and 70s. I played every sport under the sun. I really didn't get into drama. I got into stand-up comedy in college in the 80s. I did mime, and then I graduated with a degree in recreation administration. I was working at health clubs and tennis clubs. Somebody said, try mime and stand-up comedy. And I went, hey, I like this. And then off I went. And so it was it was meant to be my origin story was meant to be in the 80s, not when I was younger. So I, I don't regret it. it. It happened how it happened. And to make a living at this is a blessing. I mean, it's, yeah, it's, very it's, lucky. it's fun. Um, you know, I mentioned O.G. Banks, um, Cedric, yeah, Gilles, right. Cedric L. Williams. These guys have voiced everything. Uh, the Glow Girls, they're in Florida. They're voicing, I mean, just, it's, it's a powerhouse. Um, but yeah. um, I'm glad to see kids are voicing kids' parts, which is good. Yes. And, um, yeah, it's getting better in that area. I would say people uh, such as Mariel and my daughter are much stronger than I would have been at that relative age. They they just I don't know. They're we're building better computers. You know? Exactly. <laughs> I was an old Commodore sixty four. Oh gosh, yeah. Remember the, the, the Commodore? Uh, you know Shatner used to do that. The Commodore sixty four. Yeah. This state of the art computer, the Commodore sixty four. And, and then you had the toys. It was like you know the cow says boo, and that's all digital yeah. now. <laughs> so. You know. 
So, of course, the cow didn't have a cold. Carlos, you do our, our, some vignettes as well online. Oh, yeah, I do yeah. vignettes on Instagram called How I Came Up With a Voice. And I do say that it's, it's more properly titled would be How the Voice is Created because it's often collaborative. But I, I started with Rocco and I've gone through uh, most of my stuff. And it just tells people what were the inspiration for these characters. Was it, you know, for Mr. Crocker, it was uh, Montgomery Burns from uh, Smithers, Revenge is a Dith. Dish best serve cold, Smithers. Mixed with Richard Trafis from Jaws. And mixed with uh, Gene Wilder. Set a give! And we put them all together and you get Timmy Turner Fairies! So uh, I did a whole series going over each voice, each character, how I came up with a voice, how people helped me, uh, and how it was born. Wow. I remember seeing one of those on Instagram. I think I saw the one related to the Casa Grandes. Yes, Carlos Casa Grande and Sergio! And my favorite character, Vito Filippogno. And sometimes, Mary, as you know, you see a drawing, and just from the drawing, you've got a sense of, oh, I think I know what that. And then sometimes your sense from the drawing is not what they want. You're like, oh, okay. And so you work with a director or a creator. And is there a character that you thought you knew, and then they flipped a 180 on you, and you went, oh, I didn't think it was going to be that. Uh, that hasn't happened to me working, but it's happened to me in auditions where yeah. I'll read through the description and I'll miss some detail and I'll come up with this character, which I think is amazing. And then I'll read through the description again and realize, oh, I got to turn this on its head. It was yes. one I remember specifically where I came up with this voice and it ended up being kind of nasal. And I read through it again and they're specifically saying in bold type, no nasal. <laughs> yes. Yep, here we go again. <laughs> here we go. Carlos, are you, are, are you teaching and mentoring as well? I do. I, I, I'll, uh, it's, it's sort of spot teaching. I don't have a, a regular class, but uh, I have friends, family, other actors that when they, it's mostly with uh, young adults, uh, when they need some brushing up or some uh, copy advice. Sometimes I'll, I'll just end up reading this. The other night, I, there was a, an audition for an eight-year-old boy that's like a bully. Well, 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 what's going on, Ryan? I said, what's going on? What's the matter? You feeling scared? Yeah, I would be. So I will read it as I my take on an eight-year-old kid. And I, I obviously say don't replicate my voice, but here's what I think the tone is. Uh, I, I'm sorry I can't coach you live, but here, let me just lay this down for you just to give you a beat of what I think is going on with this character. But then sometimes I get to be in uh, on Zoom with them, and it, that's the most fun. That's the most satisfaction is seeing if you can get an actor to the point where you think, oh, that's it. That's the sound. Go for it. Muriel, do you see yourself coaching, doing book coaching as well? Ooh, I actually don't know because I see myself as still so much of a student. I think mm -hmm. we all really are and yeah. because we can always learn. I heard somewhere an actor can always learn until their last hour. And so coaching, if somebody wants me to, yeah, I'll do it. Well, but yeah, it hasn't been something I've really thought about that much. Yeah. But don't undervalue yourself because what you bring is pretty amazing. And you'd be surprised what people could gleam from you just by you getting a piece of copy and showing that person. Here's what my take would be on it. They'd be they would be like, oh, wow, I didn't think of that. You can show you can really open up a world to a lot of actors without just, you know, un, without thinking about it. So if it, if it comes if you get that opportunity, I, I recommend it. it would, it's really satisfying. There yeah, we go. I remember sometimes when you talk about looking at a copy and seeing what your take is, 
I was in the drama club at my school back when we were still doing this one thing a week where we were in person, but everybody was doing their character in a different way, obviously, and I was the only actor, like professional actor there. And so after we finished, I went in and was doing all the characters to see if I could do it. And I realized I was having different takes on the characters than they would. Specifically, this one character, they were playing her as very on edge. And she was supposed to be a tiger, so it was like a very skittish cat. But when I read the script, I was thinking, oh, she's kind of manipulative. And it was just fun for me to play around differently with how I would think of the character. And it's always interesting to get a script which has been done before and do your own take on it. Mm-hmm. Yes. Wow. Like, even when I was doing Baby Snooks, uh, I listened to a bunch of the Baby Snooks pieces because everybody has their form in that show already. But just by learning it and reciting it, I was able to find my own groove within it. And, uh-huh. like, there's this one scene from one of the Baby Snooks episodes where Snooks has just gotten the lowest grades for the entire school year. And her teacher is going, oh, Snooks, I'm so ashamed. And Snooks just goes, well, don't expect any sympathy from me. Oh, that's wow. awesome. Yeah. <laughs> I think of it as, like, shadowing. And that can yeah. help me learn a lot. We're going to wind down, guys. But I had to ask you, Carlos, with that catalog of voices you have, mm-hmm. have you ever used it on a scam call? On a scam call? <laughs> yeah. One time on ManCow, in, uh, I, I was uh, uh, Rocco asking if I could come and get a haircut. Uh, hello, my name is Rocco, and I'm calling to see if I could get a marsupial cut. And so they were cracking up, and that was the one prank thing. And once, when I was uh, during the height of the Taco Bell Chihuahua, my friend begged me th- to do the voice through the drive-thru, and it fell on deaf, uninterested oh, yeah, ears. Yeah. I was <laughs> like, I would like a uh, uh, chalupa, and don't drop the chalupa, please. And they're like, you know, there's four ninety nine at the window. Like, yeah. nothing. Nothing, crickets. yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I remember going to movies movies a while back, and you mentioned falling on deaf ears. This theater had a coffee bar. I was like, "Wow, what do you have? Just little cappuccinos, mochaccinos? Do you have an said, Do you have an Al Pacino? No. Ah, <laughs> uh, that's nice. <laughs> Coming are, right up. Here we are. Yeah, exactly. Who's the smart guy? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we are out of time. Um, Mariel, how can they follow you online? Follow me on Instagram and Twitter. I have accounts on both those places. And I also have a Vimeo channel, so please check that out. That's where all yes. my videos are going. And it's also where the music video is going to be when it gets done. Woohoo! Awesome. I'll start following you, Mariel, on, uh, on Instagram. Uh, Mariel, it's uh, www.marielsheets.com. Stuff there yep. as well. It hasn't been updated for a while, but you okay. can get links to everything else on there. And anything coming up you want to talk about? You want to promote? So far, there hasn't been a lot of work coming through but we're doing a lot of independent projects okay. musically and also acting wise so just great. check out vimeo and my instagram and twitter to see what's coming up very good mariel sheets uh, you're amazing will you come back on again absolutely i'd all love right. to all right thank you so much and carlos carlos we're not done i got the, my new voice here carlos um what's next for you what do you got going on well, my movie, uh, Witness Infection, that I co-wrote with Joe Michelle Melian and we produced, uh, is at the Shriekfest, Friday Yay! night at 7 p.m. Oh, yeah. At the Raleigh Studios, the Shriekfest uh, Horror Festival. We're screening there uh, up for an award. Uh, it's comedy uh, starring Rob Belushi and Maurice LaMarche and Tara Strong, uh, among others. More Casa Grandes, more Camp Coral, 
more Victor and Valentino, and a new show for Nickelodeon in December. I don't think I can say the name, but it's okay. coming out in December. And uh, we'll see what's next. I keep auditioning, so I'll keep you informed. And Comedy you can follow Central, me at Central as well. Instagram, Carlos Ellis Rocky. And Twitter, Carlos Ellis Rocky. And Comedy Central as well. Reno 911. Yeah, we finished. We wrapped Reno, the movie uh, Search for QAnon uh, for Reno 911. We wrapped it August 20th. It should be out before December, in December, on the Paramount Plus Network. That's a great gig. <laughs> For sure. It's a, been a good, good, solid gig and for 20 show. something years. I'll tell and you you're, what. You're very good. I think you're in your underwear in one of those episodes, aren't you? You're yeah. down to your skivvies. Oh, well. Yeah. Okay. Got to make a living. Exactly. Mariel Sheets, Carlos Alizraki, I thank you. Thanks for having thank us you, on. Mike. Like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, follow us on Instagram at Conversations Radio. This is Conversations Radio. So long. Mm-hmm.